The Church, in her wisdom, sets out weekly readings from the Gospels. These readings allow us to follow the life and teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ and the story of our salvation. Upper Room Media presents to you the weekly Sunday homily delivered from Sydney, Australia. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the Feast of the Pentecost on the 50th day after the Feast of the Resurrection where we commemorate the coming down of the Holy Spirit upon those who are gathered together in the upper room, um, including all the apostles and other, other men and women who were there who received the Holy Spirit. And this was really um, the first day of the establishment of the church as the Lord Jesus Christ had told the apostles to wait until they received the Holy Spirit before they go and they preach and they establish the church all over the world. So even though we have all received the Holy Spirit, those who have been baptized and chrismated in the church, um, we can discuss a little bit of how is it that we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because even though we have the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that we listen to the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that we can hear His voice or that we act according to His will. And so um, we can contemplate a little bit about about this. In, in, in verse 13 from the Gospel reading today, it says, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Meaning that the Lord is seeking to give us of himself. He's seeking to give us the truth. And yet maybe sometimes we close our ears and we're unable to hear him. So what are some important um, principles about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit? The first is there are many people who will make false claims about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. In 1 John 4, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. There are many people who claim to speak uh, on the mouth of God, claiming to say the truth, claiming to even speak the truth of the Bible, of the Gospels, of the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for those people who have not read the Scriptures themselves or are not very familiar with it, to them, they might easily believe whatever it is that they hear. And there are many Christian churches where they preach a doctrine that is twisted. They preach a doctrine that appears, maybe it has some semblance to the truth, but yet they come to a different conclusion or they promote a different type of life or a different type of faith than it is the one that the Lord Jesus Christ taught and, and one that the church um, preached from the very beginning. Um, so, the, so here, uh, St. John is telling us that we should test the spirits. If someone is coming in the name of the Lord, are they, are they, are they preaching what is in line with the word of God? Is their life reflecting of the Word of God, that they are living it truly in their life, or is their life far from, from, from the principles that we know that we should be living according to the Word of God? So we should test. Even when people receive things like signs or miracles or dreams or visions, even these things should be tested. There are many false witnesses, whether in man or whether by spirit, that are seeking to confuse and to deceive us, that we should test the spirits. The second way that we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit is that he cannot be found through selfishness, meaning some people seek the Spirit of God for selfish reasons. An example of this is Simon the sorcerer, who was a sorcerer, and um, he converted to Christianity when he saw um, the apostles performing miracles and, and, and preaching, and so he came to the faith. And maybe when we saw this happen, when we, when we read about him, his, his, his um, conversion seemed genuine and authentic. But shortly after his, his, um, his, his conversion, he saw that the apostles were laying the hands on people um, and they received the Holy Spirit. When St. Peter was laying his hands on someone, they received the Holy Spirit. And so Simon the sorcerer wanted this gift for himself. And it says in Acts chapter 8, when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also. 
So maybe there's a whole other category of people who seek the Holy Spirit and want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, but only for selfish reasons. What is it that I can gain? What power can I have over others? What is some benefit to me that is not according to the will of God, not through submission, not through obedience, not through humility, not through seeking the fruit of the Spirit, but simply to attain my goals, attain my wishes through the work of God in me. This would be a person who believes that they are the center and that God is there to bless them in everything that they do, as opposed to seeing as God being the center and that they are there to worship him in everything that they do. It's a very different way of looking at God and, and looking at what Christianity is. In the church, we are called to submit our will to God in every aspect of our life, not only the religious life. It is not only that we come to the church and we worship a certain way on Sunday and then we say we are orthodox. Orthodoxy is something that seeps into every aspect of life in everything that we do, and it, and it sanctifies our life. So to, to, to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit is not to hear him only on Sundays, is not to hear him only during the times of worship, but is to hear him and to put into practice his voice and his commandments at all times. The third principle regarding hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit is that he does not override our mind. Some people think that the Holy Spirit comes and will cancel logic, will cancel reason, will cancel the rational mind that God has given us. Actually, m the majority of the time that God communicates with us and indicates to us the direction and path that we should go in our life, it is actually through the mind. It is through reason. It is through understanding. It is through the word that God has given us to teach us and to guide us in the truth. That doesn't mean that that is the only way. There are, there are other ways that God communicates with us. But whatever means that God communicates with us, it cannot cancel the reason or cancel the mind. St. Paul said to the Corinthians, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Meaning I put away the, the, the irrationality and I adopted rationality, I, t I adopted reason, I adopted, like my mind has been so sanctified through the work of the Holy Spirit that I'm able to discern good from evil. I'm able to discern the decisions that I should be making in my life. And I don't need to have signs or miracles in order for me to know the truth because I, I know the word of God and the Holy Spirit works in me through reason, does not override my reason, but works through me through reason. Number four is the Holy Spirit does not contradict himself. In John 16, 13, as we read before, it says, When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. If he is guiding us into all truth, then there can be no contradiction. What he says today has to match with what he said yesterday, has to match with what he says tomorrow, has to match with what he said in the scripture, has to match like what, what, what all that we know about God is self-consistent. There is no way that he has one aspect of him that is, that is different from the rest. So, for instance, if we feel that the Holy Spirit is guiding us to do something that is contradicting the scripture, contradicting the commands of God, then maybe what we are listening to is not the Holy Spirit, but to our own heart. That Jeremiah the prophet said that it is deceitful above all things and who can know it. Uh, many times people follow the heart, believing that they are following the Spirit, but what they are following is actually their own desires, and they do not see or realize that it is not the Spirit that is talking to them. They feel maybe very emotional in these decisions that they make, and they confuse that emotion with spirituality. And so they go and are led astray, believing that God wants something for them that he does not. So God does not contradict himself, and definitely God would not lead us to do something that would bring upon us a calamity or that would go against his word. The last point I want to mention is that in order to hear the voice of the Spirit, we should be very eager to listen to him. In Hebrews chapter 3, it says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. What will cause us to hear the Holy Spirit more and more in our life? It's if we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit 
and that we put into practice what God tells us. Many of us, many, many have experienced uh, the idea of feeling uh, pricked by, the, by our conscience, maybe through something that we are contemplating, desiring, wanting to do, and there is a voice inside that says, no, don't do this, this is, this is not right. As even though you really desire it, you really want it, no, don't do this. This is maybe the voice of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit telling us, don't, don't do this. But if we ignore this voice, if we harden our hearts, if we go and we do what it is that we want anyway, then maybe the next time when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's the volume of the voice will be a little less. It will be harder for us to hear, harder for us to listen, harder for us to put into practice. So in order for us to really be in tune with the Holy Spirit, to the voice of God speaking to us, we have to be um, willing to work, willing to submit, willing to obey, even if the things that he is asking us to do, we do not like. So very quickly, we covered five points about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. The first was many people make false claims about him. The second is that he cannot be found through selfishness. He cannot be found simply because we want to, to satisfy our selfish desires. The third, he does not override our mind, but he is reasonable. The fourth is he does not contradict himself. And finally, the fifth is we should be eager to listen to his voice. So today on the Feast of the Pentecost, when we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit and the apostles on the whole church and also to all of us for the sake of salvation, we should think and con contemplate, how am I hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit? Do I stop to listen? Do I, do I have uh, an active prayer life where I'm seeking the voice of God in my life on a daily basis? Or am I simply only running and operating on my own without any sense of what is it that God wants for me? And this is an important um, feast in the church that we celebrate and may God grant us to always hear his voice um, and, and to, to, to live according to his commandments and glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart and we pray that it will not only inform you but will also transform you and your life with Christ.